This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. A very good evening, everyone. Smiles all round, of course. It is uh, the Always Wolves Extra Time Show. The final word on the weekend's action and what action it was, what a day it was down at Molyneux yesterday. Absolutely fantastic. What a finish to a game. The celebration, Molyneux was rocking and it's great. We're not going to be talking about any stupid VR or anything like that. It's just talking about the game uh, and Wolves, Dizzy Heights, I think 11th or 12th in the table. I'm not sure how the results have gone today uh, just yet. I think there was, Chelsea was 4-4. This is episode number 177. And I really am very thankful to um, for Creation Wolf, the local company, great people for powering extra time. They deliver the industry's latest and most advanced digital solutions to take your brand if you've got a company. Oh my God, they will they will like superpower your brand um, because they've got the best insight on digital capabilities and inside knowledge. The Creation Walk Link, as I say, they're a local company. They are Wolves fans and they really will supercharge your company's digital brand if you get in touch with them. Link is in the description uh, below. We have got a slight change uh, in tonight's um, format. We're doing it in one go. There's a very good reason. I've got to get up very early in the morning. Um, and the producer's got to get the podcast up as well, which we normally do the first thing. So it's going to do that tonight. Um, we've got to get up early in the morning. And um, so we're doing it in one hit. And we have got a, an array of superstar talent and pundits coming on. We have Diogo. Paul, how you doing, mate? Evening. I'm good, thank you. Especially after that result yesterday, and uh, hope everyone else is good as well. Absolutely. Now you often see Paul, who comes on, is a part of our regular uh, four, uh, the Fab Four, me, Paul, the Lord Jason, and of course Manny. When we do the in-person podcast, but you also get to see Paul a lot uh, on the away days with his uh, reactions. 
He is uh, a sports psychologist lecturer. Is that correct? It is, yeah, you're right. Staffordshire University. You're actually doing some work with some footballers as well, aren't you? Yeah, we're working with, um, I'm not sure how much I should say, but we're working with Crew Alexandra Academy, uh, Chesterfield, Crystal Palace. And we've got a link up with uh, Porto, um, FC Porto in 2024. I mean, it's a hard life, mate, isn't it? You know, <laughs> to go over to Porto and everything. You love Portugal as well, don't you, mate? Yeah, I love it over there. The people are great and um, it's a great opportunity for me to learn from working with people from a different country. Fantastic. In addition, we have the Lord himself, Lord Jason. Are we, are we having a night, Dave? I was just reading my book. Absolutely. <laughs> mate, I mean, I mean, a shameless plug there for, for mate. Do you want to get that in straight away? No, of course I don't, Dave. Available in all good bookshops and some really crap ones too. Tales from the Tape, Volume 2. It's in the Wolves Club shop. You can get it from me online or you can get it from Waterstones, Wolverhampton. Ta-da! 45 sold. I bought that book. I've got a subscriber edition coming at some point, haven't I, mate? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I, it's added to my collection. All you need after that, mate, is one more to make a trilogy. You know, and then there you is going to be a third one. But uh, Amy keeps saying, "Listen, get this one sorted first. Have a couple of years off, and then go again." Because uh, it does take up so much time. It's just unbelievable. I'm, I'm not just saying this because you're my mate. Um, the books are top quality. Um, they are really good, really Thank good you. quality. I mean, that's the quality, quality, and I'm not just saying it. Look at this picture by Louise Cobbold that we've put in, and that's on the inside cover. And there's one by Jody Credick, uh, and the back cover. The, the quality, I've got to say, it's unbelievable. What I wrote, how much are they? They are twenty pounds, and even the guys in Waterstones couldn't believe how cheap they was. They said that is so cheap, and I think they've nearly sold out already. So it, it's just absolutely. Gone. You might have to order like, some more. Um, I just want to say a big thank you to uh, Wolves F1. He's done a super chat. If you want a super chat, guarantee your comment on the screen. Um, he said, gone plus Wolves turnaround since Luton and Ipswich games has been remarkable. Absolutely. And if you uh, do want to guarantee your comment coming on the screen, you can send a super chat or you can become a member. If you see people with a little uh, Wolves symbol, um, different colours, they are fully fledged channel members. Next up, we have such an array of talent tonight. To join him. we're doing it in one go tonight. We have he's back. It's Josh. Mm -hmm. How you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, Dave. He's now. I'm very good. I'm very not. You've got the old poppy on as well. I've got mine on here as yeah. well. We've got on to the thing and my little band. Have, have you been to a you do a remembrance day parade today, mate? Yeah, I did that this morning on the the Royal British Legion on Wargrove Grove in Lansfield, and then up at what they call Holy Trinity Church, Top Church, just past Dovedale Road. And then we've just had our church's remembrance service about an hour and a half ago. And then down by the garden bar. And mate, you're wearing an iconic Wolves kit, the old nutmeg. He's got, has he got the good year on the front? Yeah. There it is. Iconic Wolves kit with the outer darkness cometh light. Not to make uh, anyone not to make anyone feel old. It's the one that was the year I was born. So I, I tried to get it for years and I managed to find one from some seller in Ukraine years ago. Oh, mate, 50 quid. Nice one. And last but no means least, it is. I've still got to get him a t shirt with this on. I'm going to have to do that at some point. It is the voice, the voice of reason himself with his Seattle Seahawks top on. 
See, I know my NFL, mate. I'm an Eagles fan. How are the Seahawks getting on, Jack? I couldn't tell you. I, I not really an avid fan. No, not, not a bit, not a close follower at all. You're just honest, like but, uh, you're a bit like these Man United fans in Cornwall and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty I tell much, you what, yeah. there's a team you want to follow in the NFL this year. It is the Eagles. They're eight and one at the moment. There you fly, go. Eagles fly. Good. I think they're still higher than the uh, the Seahawks as well, mate. So you know. All right, yeah, we like an underdog though, don't we? Oh well. Well, we do. Uh, just before we get started, I have got some other fantastic ideas for your Christmas gifting, so stay tuned for that. Um, but I do want to remind everyone about the fantastic offer that we currently have from NordVPN. NordVPN it is such a, a fantastic thing. I'm going to be using it because I'm going to need it a lot over the next couple of uh, couple of days. And basically, it protects your privacy, makes sure that uh, there's no spooky people looking at what you're doing you got can put it on your fire stick you can get your netflix uh, you can get american netflix you go on holiday you can get your british netflix or your british now tv you can get your 3 p.m kickoffs uh with your football if you can't attend the game it is absolutely fantastic um and they're also at the moment back in the movember campaign to raise money obviously for uh men's uh, health whether that's mental or physical you can see that it's only two pound 30 a month instead of 187 pounds for two years it's 64 quid and you get an extra four months uh, free as well and you get a 30 day money back guarantee and and you can put it on multiple devices as well so you can have it on your tv your ipad your computer all your phones for one subscription for the whole family definitely worth getting it links in the description below it's a cracking deal make sure you check it out because honestly you won't get a better deal than that on a vpn right let's move on guys let's move on to the game and i'm going to kick off i'm going to kick off with paul paul saw you after the match um you had one of your youngsters there one of your girls there the other one was playing a match i think wasn't she she was, yeah. Um, she wanted to play instead of come to the match, and uh, you know, I guess that's understandable given she's at most home games anyway. But did they yeah, win? Um, they didn't win, no. But they're both mascot against Burnley, so they're both really excited about that. So, and so am I. Um, so, looking forward to that one. Absolutely fantastic, mate. And uh, you know, talk me through your um, your day and your expectations and how the game panned out from your emotion side of things to to the end mate yeah well i went into the game despite the result last week against sheffield feeling very positive and feeling like we were going to get something and even when we went a goal down early on i wasn't too worried about that i didn't think that we'd collapse i thought that we'd be very much um still in the game and we'd still get something from it it took longer than what i thought for us to get a goal back but yeah i was feeling very positive and um, that puts us on a run now of is it one defeat in seven seven matches and really shouldn't have been a, a defeat should it against sheffield last week and then um as the, as the game went on i just felt like we'd huffed and puffed a bit but not really done enough and i felt it slipping away but then I'm sure we'll talk about this in more depth in a bit. That injury time spell was was magnificent. And I think the match of the day highlights and the punditry was really insightful about how they showed the different camera angles and it showed how positive we were through the game and especially going into that last 10 minutes. 
forcing the error from Eric Dyer. Um, and then eventually that leads to Sarabia's, Sarabia's goal. So um, in terms of emotions, yeah, um, obviously buzzing at the end, but I felt positive pretty much all the way through. Positive pretty much all the way through. <coughs> uh, the Lord himself, Jason. I mean, come yeah. on. Did you uh, did you fall out over your chair? Listen, I, I, I've got I've got to say I, I saw it slightly different to Paul. We went a goal down, obviously after two minutes, and uh, you know the, the frustration setting you first. Top, it was going to be difficult. Everyone's gone. Oh, you all went, then you're back now. Is that my internet? Yeah. I think it was you, Paul. Rather, you rather than us, because everyone else was there. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Um, yes, yeah, so we goal down after two minutes, and obviously you could hear the grounds around the stadium. Um, and it's always going to be a difficult match to come back from. But I, I just think that the impetus throughout the game, you can, you, you know, how Gary O'Neill clearly is um, pushing them, and they. Sorry, it keeps freezing. Sorry, Dave. That's what's putting me off. Sorry, mate. Um, what, what, what Gary O'Neill has uh, instilled into this squad is incredible. Now, listen, he, he was getting a lot of grief as we know, from, from a lot of sectors. And he's, there's still people out there going, I'm still not convinced. What more does he need to do to convince us? I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I have got behind that manager from day one. It was arguably, some people were thinking, it's not the big name we deserved after getting the former Spanish manager. You know, or we've had the manager on the cheek. But actually, we look at it now, it was very, very, very astute appointment, as we now see. And you hear how well he talks. That interview we gave in the dressing room yesterday was just fantastic to the to the players when he when he was talking to them and he, he was saying, "Look, you know, he's not he's not a, you know a player like they were." So he said that the levels, the performance levels that they put in now, they've got to keep maintaining, and that's going to be the only problem. And I said this to the guys off camera before. This is the problem now with expectation levels because we we do tend to beat the teams around us, and we knew it was always going to be the Wolves' way to lose last week against Sheffield United, and then to beat top of the league Spurs today. So many people said it. We all said it, didn't we? All, you know, we, we'll lose to Sheffield United and beat Spurs. And what did we do? It, it's such a Wolves thing. But yesterday, with the crowd getting behind them, willing them on into injury time as we did, it felt like those those Nuno years. You know, I know it's not good to look in the past and obviously bring up four managers, but it was, it was a little bit like that. I took Jonas as well, and it was his second game, and he got really, really excited. You know, he, he, he didn't quite grasp it, though, because as soon as Spurs scored, he heard the cheer. He started cheering as well. So I had to, uh, <laughs> I had to have a quick word with him. But I've, I've got to say, um, I thought it was a fantastic performance. In, in, oh, hello, Lucy. In the second half as well, that's when I could see us really winning the game. You know, I really could. I knew we was going to come back into it. And it was a matter of time, really, for me. And then, obviously, what happened in injury time, I'm sure we're going to talk about, was just fantastic. Well, absolutely. And just to let you know that we've been joined by Lucy, the golden girl, as well. Uh, welcome, Lucy. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Chick, sorry about that. I was desperately trying to get on. It just wouldn't let me. Evening, you... everybody. Evening, boys. Evening, Lucy. Yeah. Fantastic. We'll come to you in a second. We're just discussing the game, um, Lucy. And uh, Josh... Uh, to you next. I mean, you've heard what Jason's had to say there. I, th I thought that's quite an, an 
you know, that what Paul said as well, but regarding the match of the day and the analysis. I, I watched um, Gary O'Neill's press conference as well and, uh, yeah. after the game, and I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, Jason, I think he's uh, referred to that regarding how he spoke to him at halftime um, and, and, and also at the end of the game, how he actually went and said it's the proudest he's ever been of any team he's coached. Um, and he did say to them about how he asked them to perform, and he what he he would he would always give that effort as a as a player, but he could not produce the quality that they produced. Mm-hmm. Are you starting to see a team, uh, Josh, that has got a structure? They're starting to believe in themselves, in the manager. That are we're starting to see this pack mentality that, that the fans are starting to believe again um and you know the quality is there and all this stuff you know obviously Lopetegui left didn't think this team was going to be good enough to uh to stay up um what's your thoughts you know after the after now obviously it was a difficult first few games yeah but the last few games you, you I mean I don't know about you as a fan watching this team now even though we went behind, I still believed that we weren't going to capitulate like we did early season. It, I felt like, like I felt we were we 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 were the better side, and really on the balance of play, we probably three one four one wouldn't have been uh, such a bad score, but we couldn't put the ball in the back of that. I mean, Wang had that chance to break that record. Yeah. He'll be disappointed with that. But like what, Sarabia, Pablo Sarabia, yeah. this is when Pablo Sarabia came to Wolves. We were told he's brilliant at providing assists and he scores goals. And we've been waiting for that. He came on with that 10-minute cameo. He scored a goal. That first touch, how he brought that down. And it was a great ball from Cunha as well. People give Cunha a stick about and stuff like that. The quality of the delivery of that ball, how he curved it around the defender. But how he controlled that and then finished it. And then he, he... he cuts inside to play that through ball to Mario Lamina, who basically 97th minute, what an engine he's got to be running in onto that. Yeah. Nearly fell over trying to get that touch on it. And he, he just about got it. Mate, I mean, Pablo Saravia, I mean, yeah, this is, what we, this is what we want to see. Yeah. Finally, he's, he's shown, give us a glimpse of what we can expect in some games from him now. Um, I say me and my brother wanted him to do well. All the players that come in, you want him to do well, and when you see him start getting a bit of flack, a um, bit like Juan did last year, but he was showing he was a workhorse constantly. Um, and Sarabia, when he's come on, you can see he, in his head he's trying. He's made, it's not click sometimes, but when he come on yesterday, you could see it just clicked straight away. He knew where he was going, he knew what he was doing. Um, and I'm, I'm glad I'm glad he got the goal and assist. So uh, I think that was a good. A, Good outing for him, even though it was just a 10 minute cameo. But um, back on to the belief of Gary O'Neill. That's the one thing I wondered about. I thought, were the players, when he come through the door, were the players going to think, oh, who's this? What's he doing? We don't know who he is. We've never heard of him, um, apart from some of the English lads would have done. But to be fair, in that video on you that put on the YouTube and the Facebook um, after the game in the um, in the changing room, like Jason said, look, you shouldn't be talking about it in the past, but. It was like that essence that Nuno had. They were all there I, looking I don't at think him. I've seen, I've not, I don't think I've had a chance to watch that. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Made you be Only a 15, 15, 20 second clip. But he's in the middle of that changing room. The camera's mm. in there. Going to span it from start to Gary O'Neill, spans around all the players. And you can see them all listening, all there, all Intently. in belief of what he's saying. 
And I think it's starting to show now that that the belief is there that we can we can push on. I, I feel that belief. I mean, Jack, you know, are you believing in this team now? Are you starting to think actually we can avoid? you know, all the doomsters and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of them have gone, you know, sort of disappeared under the rocks and stuff for a little little while now. And to be fair, there's there's a lot of really like open-minded people that were very, very critical of um of gone, of Gary. Um and there's a lot of people that have put their hand up and gone, do you know what? I've got it wrong. And you've got to respect people like that that, you know, that you know, they've come in, he had a reputation and he, you know, we started, you can understand that, we, you know, I remember me after the Ipswich game, I was pulling my hair out because of, you know, you know, we kept capitulating. And then that Man City game and then the stuff that he did, obviously, uh, with Monday Night Football and coming on. And ever since then, you just feel like the pennies kind of dropped. He started to really understand the players. The players are starting to buy into what he's trying to do. And he's, he's still saying it's still very, very early games very early days at the moment. And one of the things that he also said on his press conference, people were talking about how well we've performed against City and Newcastle and Villa and, you know, Tottenham yesterday. But obviously, other games, he said, low, teams lower down the stat, the the, uh, the pecking order, shall we say, in the table. Wolves are going to, the onus is on going to be on Wolves to come out and, you know, be able to also play in a style where we dictate and, take the game and win the game, not just hold and wait for our time. He referred to um, the Luton game. He referred to the Sheffield United game, although he did say he was very, very pleased with the Sheffield United game in the first half. We just didn't finish our chances. And he wants us to be able to play, you know, against the, the so-called big six top teams and the teams that are down the bottom and still be able to stamp our identity and adapt our way of playing. Do you see this as a team that can, you know, push on and maybe uh, better the 13th place finish and maybe even get into the top half and push the outside of Europe this year, Jack? From what you uh, I, I think it's still early days. To kind key, of, isn't it? Yeah, a consistency is absolutely it. And I think we've got to remember we've got a reasonably young team, a very young manager. So there's going to be ups and downs, you know. I mean, it could be that, you know, we lose two two in a row after this, and all of a sudden we're back to sort of people saying, well, "I'm not quite not quite sure." For me personally, Gary O'Neill feels like a really good fit. He's he's coming across as someone that that appreciates the opportunity he's got. I think he understands uh, because of his, his background, Wolverhampton as a city, uh, and and I think he said something in his uh, interview with Mikey Burrows on Monday where he said, "Wearing the Wolf shirt has to mean something." And just something in my head just went, he gets it. This guy gets it. He understands what that badge is. You know, we can have any kind of manager you want. We've had some great managers in, in recent times, haven't we? And it just hasn't quite clicked with them. I mean, Lopetegui is a good example. Fantastic manager, did a great job for us. But you never quite got the feeling that he really bought into Wolverhampton and, and to the fan base. It was kind of just a job to him, I think. And it, a job he did really well. Let, let's not you know, sort of rewrite history. But Gary O'Neill feels to me like he wants to really build something and, and to create that connection with the fans and the players and we, at board level. I mean, the noise yesterday in injury time, I've not oh. heard Molyneux that loud for a long, long time. And the other thing, I know everyone else will probably touch on this as well. Nobody left. Nobody left, right. you know. I've got to, I've got to, do you know what? 
I've got to tell you this, right? Um, you know, I do my fan reactions after the game and stuff like that. <laughs> and, you know, have you seen it, Jason? No, I'm just... <laughs> I know what you're yeah, saying. I do my though. fan reactions. I had my dad. I did Sensation. We do our thing. And then we have an extra fan reaction. And there was uh, sometimes a, the, the, we've got quite a group of people that sort of know where we do and they want to come on for the extra one. And I was interviewing. And nice lad. Um, really lovely chat. I, was, I came to the second person that I was talking to. And I was going, and he went, I left at 1 0. <laughs> And I'm like, why? I said, you're going to get, yeah, you said I left at 1 0. I said, you're going to get pelters for this. But what struck me is, like, if you left at 1 0, this is like half an hour after the game outside the North Bank. You're still there waiting to come on to the, uh, the I, I'd like, I was like, I, I thought, how are you still here? He said I was depressed at one. I was like, you never, I don't understand some people will leave because of the traffic and they want to get away. Yeah. And I get yeah. that. And I remember being at Villa away a couple of years ago and um, my niece's boyfriend at the time um, was at the game. He doesn't get to many games. And we were losing 2-0. There was 20 minutes to go. He, he saw me. He went, oh, I'm going down. I was like, why are you going? There's 20 minutes plus added time left. He's like, oh, this is terrible. That was the day we came back and won 3-2. And I'm like, <laughs> you just don't know. I remember people leaving at half time against Leicester. How many years ago was that? With three nil down, and we won four three, and they left at half time. It's like you just football is one of them games. That the the I, I literally as long a lot of the fans last week stayed right to the end, ninety plus ten in the pouring rain last week away at Sheffield to get that sucker punch of a penalty, which wasn't a penalty, tough to take. But when you get like a 90 plus one, apparently only eight times in Premier League history as a team turns. Is that, a, Paul, you're nodding. Is that correct stat? Yeah, I've seen that stat as well. Since the Premier League started, only eight teams have been losing going into injury time and then gone on to win. And that's, uh, and, and Tottenham, it's happened to twice. Yes, that's right, yeah. Although, did Tottenham not come back against Sheffield United early in the season and scored two added goals to win? I believe you're right, yeah. It's a funny old game, as they say, Saint and Greasy. Lucy, on to you, mate. I mean, you, you haven't been very well recently. It's great to see you looking good and uh, and you've got that golden smile back. And boy, I bet it's extra golden today. I bet you've been buzzing it like is. the rest of us all day long, mate. It is. It's, um, it's a strange one again. It's like City. For days after, it was like, did that happen? Did we really just win? It, it hasn't sunk in yet, but the feeling when that he blew that whistle, because he should have blown it at the six minutes, shouldn't he? And if they hadn't wasted their time rolling around the floor, like <laughs> absolutely brilliant point, Lucy. And doing long throw-ins. I mean, how, how long were them throw-ins? That was ridiculous. If it wasn't for that, and imagine them two minutes on, we wouldn't have won that game. So, fair play, ref. Oh, I've got, got a comment here um, from Lily White Lane. Uh, thanks for joining us. It's great to have Spurs fans, Spurs fans joining us. As a Spurs fan, respect to Wolves. We had key players missing. We weren't out of best because of it. You guys capitalised it with two brilliant goals. And Neil is a great manager. And Sarabia was class. Thank you for that comment. Uh, Gaz says, spot on, Lucy. Guys, who wants to uh, who wants to see that last minute goal and that feeling? 
Yes, please. <laughs> in the chat, if you want us yeah. to uh, just put on, and you've got to, you've also got. To, I think there was a Spurs fan sitting in front of us. Yeah. See if you can spot them. I'm going to try oh, and find yeah. this video, mm -hmm. and um, we'll put it up on the screen, and we can watch that moment and that joy. Um, if I can find it, um, I'm sure I saw it earlier. On about videos as well, Dave. Um, yeah. The two lads, the two brothers that do the Spurs um, match day vlogs. Oh yeah. Um, they put the react the noise, and you hear <laughs> it on the telly, and you hear it on the highlights. You hear the lat the gasp of when Lamina's run through, and then the noise is just piercing. It's oh, and unbelievable. Um, I have to say as well, expressions. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yo blood, yo blood, you know, yo blood. It's like we were, we, we were, he's, he's, he's really funny, he's comical. He plays with it, he's a very big YouTuber. Do you hear what he said on the one video? He said, I've, uh, I've seen more shots at an AA meeting. I know, yeah, he's, <laughs> he, he, he's, he, he, he is funny. He's, um, he's yeah, he come out when they scored, he come out with, um, Five of the back in pace and attack, you're going down. Yeah. I'm thinking that's karma, that is. We could have went on and really won. Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> he's a very animated guy and he's, uh, he's a massive YouTuber. He's, and yeah. because of how he is, he's done really, really well. Um, and I also met up with um, a Tottenham uh, fan, Chris Cowling, who's just went past 100k subs uh, at the weekend. Um, he's like, goes to if, if there's an open of a paper bag by Tottenham he'd be there at it he goes to everything he's like hardcore really good guy and um you know we I went on his channel he'd become on ours before we walking up he thought it was going to be about four three but Tottenham were going to win and um you know it, it I have watched some of those Tottenham YouTube clips back um you know we've all been there with that pain oh yeah and stuff like that but it is kind of comical to watch it and stuff but let's uh, let's get um from the north bank the uh the goal that won it and see if you can find the uh, if you can spot because i think they're the way they react I've, I've never seen them before i think they're tottenham fans <laughs> You know, I have a feeling. Um, did anyone? <laughs> did anyone kind of spot the Tottenham yeah. fans? I mean, yeah. what gives you that? Uh, what gives you that feeling, Dave? I mean, Mate, there was jumping around, <laughs> joining in. I mean, uh, definitely I, I Spurs mean, fans, aren't they? Definitely. I mean, he was there with his lads. Um, you know, and to be honest, I, I watched the thing like. Very emotionless. I don't know how they get into the uh, how they get in. To be honest, because I like you know I, I don't know, but like I've had a few people when I put that clip on. It's like top spot the Tottenham fan. Do you think there were Tottenham fans? Yeah, he's the the bloke with the grey hair definitely is. Yeah, yeah. it's just motionless. It's just like how good how good. I mean, we were all doing a bit of that though, weren't we? Like you know, when that goal went in, the whole stadium erupted and was yeah. just absolute mayhem. And then they put status quo on on the end, and everyone's singing and dancing. It's 
do you think it's uh, I mean Tottenham their fans have been singing we've got our we've got our club back we've got our club back that's one of the things I'm starting to feel that we're starting to get our club back uh, uh, Dave absolutely I mean everything yeah. what we're going to remember is everything what happens on the pitch dictates everything off it so a few weeks back we're moaning about Wolfie yeah me included we're moaning about the the, the paint on the bollards um, we're moaning about Fosum. We're moaning about esports. We're moaning about everything, aren't we? Moaning, well, we don't spend any money. Now, all of a sudden, our attention has gone completely off all of that and we've focused on Back what's happening football. on the pitch. Uh, you know, um, and, and like Sarabia for me, yeah, he's been a bit of a big part player. He's definitely, you know, obviously he was a Lopetegui signing. He was a player that Lopetegui had a lot of faith in. He was Spanish, you know, he, he compatriot. And for him to come in, under difficult circumstances, under O'Neill on the basis that he has got to perform. He comes in, he's got to perform, he's got to keep that shirt, and he's done just that. I mean, the skill for that first goal was just incredible. Just incredible. Oh, mate, I mean, I've referred to it earlier. How he's took that out, he's almost in the air when so, he's yeah. actually got the touch. So he's to took it, it out down. the air, and he's, on his right foot, he's then took a couple of steps with it still oh, in the air. The ball's then travelling at an angle, at a speed, so it's going away from goal. You know, it's, the, the angle's getting more and more acute. Then he just sticks it on his left foot. And it's sort of Matinho-esque, not, not the finish, the, 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 the quality of how he held up the ball in the air. Unbelievable. Um, and then he obviously... passed it even before he even smelt it. To be honest, uh, if you think about, the, about that goal as well, it, it took us all by a little bit of surprise, really, because like it was up there, one pass in from Cunha... And like within two seconds, it's in the back of the net. It's like and and Dave, we don't score many goals like that. We don't score many goals from crosses, do we? So obviously, when the cross goes in, we're not really expecting much. And then he just picks that out. And I said, I was fortunate yesterday to take Jonas in my friend's box, and in the box next to me was Pablo's family. So obviously, before he come on, well, we knew it was his family because before the there was all in the box and there wasn't coming out. He come on a sub, and they all come out. Then he scored, and he pointed straight at them. But they was over the moon for him. And it, it's nice to see things like that. And I think we were talking about stats. I think there was a stat I saw about Sarabia being one of the only subs to obviously come on and score and uh, an assist in injury time, which 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 he did. Um, and the assist as well, you know. We, we, that's uh, how important now, obviously, stats for assists in games. And for him to come on, not only score of a world day of a goal like that, but then to put that, you know, thread that ball through to Lamina, who, who, you know, still could have missed, still had a job to do, but it was just incredible. And the way we did it, in the manner we did it, against who we did it, it just shows that we never gave up. We kept digging in. We was very resilient throughout. You know what? Under Lopetegui, under Large, these games would be gone, especially under Large. We go a goal down. We was listen. We might as we might as well have gone home then. But now under O'Neill, it, it, it's like, and I say it's a bit like the Nuno era. In as much it feels like if you go a goal down, you're still in the game. And we were a goal down early doors to a really good side and we didn't stop going. We didn't stop going as well. Another thing I want to point out, um, and I want to come to you in a little bit, Paul, about the psychology of um, how that could help Pablo in a second, because I'm sure that you'll have an insight for that. But Josh, you know, one of the things that Gary O'Neill's subs were really good, but that second goal... Tommy Doyle makes yeah. that goal. He yeah. literally takes out half of the uh, Tottenham team by his quick thinking pass. 
plays it out to um, to Pablo, who's got his tail up, and obviously he does really, really well, cuts inside, sees Lamina for the pass, and obviously he's finishing. But Tommy Doyle comes on again, and Joe Gomez had a really good game, let's not mistake, yeah. and Bellegarde did well. You know, they all did well, but Tommy Doyle really does look a quick forward pass. We saw it in, against Bournemouth, and he took the free kick, picked it up, beautiful ball, and Tottenham were on the back foot. They were all out of kind of panic and positioning. And um, I think that's worth a mention as well, because Tommy Doyle's making an impact every time he comes on, I think. Yeah, so that that pass, there was multiple chances throughout the game, and Spurs as well, every time either team tried to do a quick free kick. Ref either called it back or told them that, wait. It's the, I think it's the only, I'm sure it's the only one all game, and he's just put his hand on the ball, looks to the ref, and just gone bang. Put it out wide and then it just come from all come from that just quick thinking and it, it, it paid off it paid off big time Stu Kelso there says saying one ball from door quick thinking we're flooding the spurs area yeah paul want to come to you pablo sarabia he's come obviously we talked about it he's he's been one of these players where it's like oh, we think he's going to be one that comes and it never happens for him you know we've been open for some talked about uh Obviously, um, Fabio Silva and stuff like that. And he's had opportunities in the past. Do you think that, you know, Gary O'Neill said he's been working really hard in training and that's why he got his chance and you could see how much it meant to him. Do you think that psychology of getting that goal and that assist and belief and also the team having the belief and the manager having the belief is going to be a springboard to see what we were going to get, we were promised we were going to get from him? I think it will be, yeah. I think he'll find himself on the bench though for Fulham. But um, I think his, I think when you've had a bit of success like that, you then start to choose options that are a bit more your normal game rather than your safe game. I mean, it's it's worth saying as well that is his fifth assist this season. He got three against Blackpool and he got one against Brighton. Right, so yeah. he's not had a completely disastrous season. He hasn't been used much. But he's on five assists. Why do you think he's not been used much? I mean, and Gas Wolves here also wants to ask, what is Sarabia's actual best position, do you think? I think that's probably a reason why he hasn't been used that much, in that we're not sure of his exact position. But he was given a start, wasn't he, at Palace? And he was really ineffective at Palace. And I think that goes back to your question that you asked me a while back. You said about, will it give him confidence now, you know, in, in forthcoming matches. I think in Palace, against Palace, he was just passing it backwards every time he got it. And um, he was he carried no threat at all on the minimal touches that he had in the game. So the next time we see him, I think we're likely to see a player who is, is trying these more adventurous things that lead to goals rather than passing it backwards. A bit like with Neto this season. Gary O'Neill's given him the confidence to, to take people on probably with the message that if you lose it three or four times in a row, you'll beat him on the fifth time. And when you do, that's going to lead to a goal. So when your manager backs you like that, it gives you the license to to do these things that are a bit more challenging, but come with a high reward. And that's what we're seeing from Neto. And hopefully Sarabia can, you know, add to that. But I just want to make a quick point based on what you were saying about Tommy Doyle's pass. If you watch the clip on Match of the Day, the free kick's awarded because Lamina wins a ball that he's got no right to win. Yeah. He gets in front of a Spurs player and it just shows the intensity that he's got. And then as soon as Tommy Doyle puts his foot on the on the ball to take the free kick, 
I said to the girls, watch Mario Lamina now. And Hoiberg's looking the other way, who's meant to be picking him up. And Mario Lamina just turns and sprints towards the goal. And that's... In that's, the 97th minute. Yeah, exactly. After the ground that he's covered in the match against a good side. So I think that's perhaps been a bit overlooked, but that played a huge role in the goal, the way that we were being so aggressive and trying to win the ball back. And he he sets the tone for other players in the midfield as well, I think. So, um, yes, Arabia can kick on. Now he's got the quality. We know that. And um, I think the last point that I wanted to quickly make is last season our top assist maker had got two assists, right? <laughs> now we're on Neto, who's got seven. Sarabia's got five in all competitions. Huang's on three. And I was thinking to myself before, well, why is that? You know, why they're the same players, really. It's the movement. Those goals come yesterday from movement. Sarabia makes a great run and he's he's well picked out by Cunha, but he makes a lovely run uh, off the back of the Tottenham defender. And it's the same for the second goal. I, I just talked about Lamina's run. He makes Sarabia's pass easy because of the run. And I just think Gary O'Neill is making them have more movement. There's a more emphasis on movement. And that's why Huang's on seven goals, because that's his real strength. I think that's a really, really good point. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Jack, I want to come to you, then I'm going to come to you, Lucy, after Jack. Um, obviously... Picking up on the points that Paul said there about Sarabia, it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on uh, his cameo. But also, I'd like to uh, to see what you think about Bellegard and what was your take on him as well? Yeah, just on Sarabia, I think he's probably been a little bit unlucky in that Wang, Kuna and Neto have kind of picked themselves for the last two months, haven't they? Because, again, like Paul mentioned, I think in the Premier League alone, between them, they've got 20 goal involvements. So they're creating goals, scoring goals between them. So you've got to put them on the pitch. So Sarabi's had to be patient, as O'Neill mentioned, and he's had to wait and bide his time. What's great, though, I think I'm right in saying that we've now had six goals this season scored by substitutes. You know, Sasha's got a couple. Sarabia got one yesterday. Uh, Wang got a couple from the bench, didn't he, at the start of the year. So when you've got players on the bench that are going to influence a game in that way, and yes, you have to make defensive subs as well from time to time. It's not just about bringing people on to score. But when you've got players on the bench that you believe are going to come on and get you a goal, if you're 1-0 down or you draw in whatever, again, that feeds into the crowd and the crowd will stay with you because you're thinking, well, it's OK. OK, it's 1-0 to Tottenham, but we've got Sarabia on the bench. We've got Sasha on the bench. They'll come on and they'll do something for us here and we'll get into the game. I always felt 
throughout that game that we were going to get a goal. I really did. And I know we were a bit wasteful at times with the final ball and we, we had some good opportunities that we didn't take. But I always felt we were going to get something out of the game. And I think that was, again, going back to what we were saying, that's why the crowd stuck with us because everyone else felt the same as well. You know, so I could see Jason nodding there. He's kind of you thinking, we're going to get something here. We are going to get something here. Just go back to Bellegarde. I think he was in and out of the game a little bit. I think I think Tottenham kind of marked him quite well at, at times and sort of pushed him a bit wide. He's not really a winger, is he? I mean, he's more of a sort of a, an inside forward, if you like. So I think that pushed him quite wide and, and he's not a great crosser of the ball. But he's a really good player and you saw that last week again when he came off the bench and scored, didn't he? So again, he's got, he's got goals in him and he'll, he'll be positive and he'll drive with the ball. I mean, I really like watching us at the minute. I don't know about anyone else, but the, the way we move forward and, and we've got energy, we've got pace, we've got aggression, we've got belief. It, it's just really good to watch. And it doesn't matter whether it's Manchester City, Tottenham, whoever it is that's coming to Molyneux particularly, we're going to give them a game. And if they want three points, they've got to earn it. And I think Tottenham yesterday, they probably felt at 1-0, we can just sit back here. And, and that's a big mistake against us. Because if you invite us onto you with the pace and the aggression we've got, we're going to cause you trouble. And I think you felt as the game went on, the more we got further forward into those great areas, we were going to get something. No, I completely agree. And yeah, I, I, I think you're right, right what you're saying in the sense that there seems to be this belief that's coming through the team. Uh, Mario Lamina, I saw his interview after the game and they interviewed him and how joyous he was. He was basically saying about his career has been interrupted by a lot of injuries and stuff like that. And he hasn't really found himself. I, I get from talking to Mario Lamina, well, not I haven't spoke to him, but like listening to what he said um, when he was talking after the game, he feels like sometimes some players are just a fit for a club. They just come in and they just fit. I've talked about like the, you know, I don't know who it was. It was I think it was Chris that was t telling us that he's got some Southampton mates and they can't believe he's the same player that they had. And we also talk about Fabio Silva now, how he is, and it just doesn't seem to click for him. Maybe Fabio Silva in six years' time will he'll be somewhere and he, he will be this superstar. Mario Lamina and Wolves seem to have come together at the perfect time and seem to be the perfect fit because... We obviously we were worrying when we lost uh, Neves and Matinho and the changing of the guard, but this new midfield that we've got, Mario Lamina, you know, you've got Tommy Doyle, Bubakar Traore, Joe Gomez, got Joe Hodge behind him. That you know they're young players. Joe, Go I mean, someone said like the performance that Joe Gomez. A couple of people said that you know he was a man of the match. I mean, how old's Joe Gomez? Joe Gomez, twenty-one, isn't he? He's the same age as Fabio Silva. And, like, people go on about thinking, but, like, Joe Gomez is going out there and delivering. He's delivering. Week in, week out. Week in, week out. And he's consistent. You know what? He doesn't play like a 21-year-old, does he? And <laughs> no. You know, it's the, old, it's the old adage, if you're old enough, you're good enough. Or you're good enough, you're old enough. And and Joe Gomez just proves that in buckets. And, and he is, and, like, he's 21 years of age and he's just going to keep improving. Uh, Lucy, I mean, you know, absolutely, we talked about it, you know, but I think we're going to lose Dawson for the next match. I think he's picked up his, uh, is that correct, his fifth booking, so he's going to be suspended. Uh, Lucy, what do you think, um, who, do you, who would you put in? 
for the next game? Would you drop to a back four? Would you stick with the back five? Maybe drop, drop Doherty in? I don't know. I don't know. I think I think Doherty would be a good fit. I think um, on the back line, he'd be pretty good. Or, or, or um, Johnny's played there as well, hasn't he? That's true. That's true. And we can't write him off, to be honest. The same, he's exactly the same as Sarabia. You can't write Johnny off because he has his bloody good games too. Um, you watch him in training and he's, he's full of the joy. He's just playing when he's training. So I can't see why not putting Johnny in, to be honest. Yeah, so I mean, that's going to be interesting. Be, actually. be interesting to see what the other guys have to say on that as well. The other point that I want to make, Suchi came on here last week, um, the away game, about like the, uh, the minutes <clears throat> uh, paying the respects. Molyneux did such a great job yesterday. Everyone was in the seats. I didn't hear it, personally didn't hear anything. I thought the Tottenham fans were fantastic as well. Um, it was such, it was, it was really, really, um, it's always quite an emotive and emotional thing at football. Emma was talking about this on the way back when you like you stood there, you know, with with the rest of like the pack, the crowd, thirty thousand people that have stood there, you know, all paying respects, silent whilst the bugler plays, and it, I just thought it was um, it was really really well respected yesterday. What what, what did you think, Lucy? It was it was beautiful. I didn't hear a pin drop. Um, in the pub beforehand, in the moon, um, we did a two-minute silence, as, as I'm sure everywhere did, at 11 o'clock. Somebody's phone went off and scared the life out of everybody. But in the, the stadium, not one phone went off, not one bleep, not, nothing. It was just silence, and it was beautiful. Every, everybody did themselves proud and did those that have lost their lives proud too. Absolutely. Think, and yeah. the other thing to, to mention is the, the, the world's eyes. Don't forget the Premier League is shown mm. around the world. Um, we were that the only match that was taking place at that time. So it was the, the prime match starting on the on the Saturday. And, um, you know, everyone, I think we did, I think we did, we did everyone proud. There was one thing I did notice though, Dave. I don't know whether anybody else did. Our backroom staff um, were all stood up, arm in arm. Um, even the lads on the bench were all stood up. All the top, apart from the manager, were sat down in their seats. I never noticed that, but that's a very good point that you raise. Uh, yeah. Very, very good point. I pointed uh, everybody around me and they all, they all said they're, they're shocked. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, I obviously didn't notice that, but that's a good point, and it's good that uh, Gary got all the uh, all the staff uh, standing up. Uh, Jason, um, the the bookings, the bookings. <laughs> Who was it that ran on the pitch? Was it Eight Nori and um, Yeah, Eight Nori and Gomez. Uh, I mean, do you know what? Do you know what? I loved seeing that. I know they got a booking for it. Yeah, I loved. The fact that they literally ran across the pitch, yeah, and so that to me, although and, they got the booking, shows me a team that's together and wants to you play. Know what? I've seen a photo of when they got booked; they didn't even care. You know, it just they, they wasn't even bothered. It, you know, it wasn't important to them. And don't forget, this is a player that's just been taken off, so he's probably you know he's, he's been brought out the action. 
probably, you know, not obviously a great feeling, but that's how they are. They, they are a squad, they are a unit, and you can see that now. And it seems to have galvanised throughout the whole squad. And this is why when players are being brought in, they're gelling in straight away, like Sarabia. You know, I didn't see a performance like that under Lopetegui, but all yeah. of a sudden he's putting these performances in um, under Gary O'Neill. An interesting point about Sarabia, we talk about positioning, and what position is he? Bellegarde, what, what position is he? You know, I sort of question earlier in the in the chat. And it, it's quite interesting because someone said to me, like this this number nine that we're all looking for and every club's looking for, it's because there's not actually that many number nines out there. There's not that many typical players who play in a number nine centre-forward position anymore. Players have got so many different roles, so many different duties. And on the... You know, they're, they're a lot more skillful now, so that they, they, they do play. They do tend to play deeper. They don't play on the last man. They're not all like Haaland and Jamie Vardy or, or Bully. Players like that who, who, who are out-and-out centre-forwards, if you like. There's not many of them left now. And this is why it's quite difficult to decipher um, which, you know, which players almost play where sometimes because there's not a typical two men up top. There used to be 4-4-2, four, four, two, two men up top, big man, little man, and that's how it was. But it's completely different now. But Sarabi, just... It just shows that there's versatility. And like you said, and this is why, you know, I echo Jack's point. This is why throughout the game, especially the second half, I feel we was going to come back into it. When you look at what was on the bench and you look at how we were still attacking and obviously the, the game management of, of Gary O'Neill, which is obviously the, the, the posh terminology for substitutes, it has been, you know, by far more positive than, than, than there's been any negative impact on the games when he's made changes. So, yeah, I always felt we could we could get something out of it. Well, absolutely. And, guys, I just want to just make the point. We've got nearly 400 of you watching uh, live, which is absolutely incredible. I hope you're enjoying uh, our talk about the, uh, the game. Don't forget, if you do want to join in the chat, all you need to do is hit that subscribe button. If you're enjoying the, the content, please smash a like takes you less than a second to do that. Let YouTube know that you're enjoying it and uh, it, it helps the channel as well. So please do that for us. Before we go on to talking about performance ratings, man of the match and all that, the first of our, our Christmas gifting ideas that have been sent by my friends at FOCO is this Brixel ball. It's kind of like a Lego, Lego ball uh, that you build yourself. Uh, it's a great little Christmas fill, stocking filler and the link is in the description below. And I'll get, I've got another one to show you a little bit later. But uh, yeah, they've sent me this. I'll be having a go at this over Christmas myself. But it's a Wolves kind of. It's called the Brixel Ball construction thing, and you can build it yourself. But it's a great little stocking figure filler for yourself, for friends and family, or for young ones as well at Christmas. And uh, don't forget, if you use Always Wolves fifteen, you get a discount as well. Right, Paul. I'm going to come on. Uh, uh, sorry, Josh. I'm going to come on to you first. Um, I wanted your highlight of the day, your performance rating, your man of the match. And I also want, uh, what when I come round to everyone, the one thing a few people have mentioned in the chat is our corner delivery and set piece. I think if there was one thing that we can definitely look at improving on, so many times we didn't even beat the first man uh, yesterday. I think... Um, there was one thing that we can criticise. I think it was our set-piece delivery, and I, I just want to get your thoughts on that as well. So we're going to go Josh, uh, Jack, Paul, Lucy, and then Jason as with all your points. Also, your highlight of the day, your performance rating, and your man of the match too. 
Yeah, so like you said, the, the corners, I don't know what was going on. It was every single thing. There was one that reached the middle. And then I think David, I think Totti got his head to it at the South Bank first half. Um, but the rest of them, I thought Martinho was inconsistent and bad. He, he struggled to beat the first man nine times out of ten. But that yesterday, it was like they all took a page out of his book. And, we, and Darren but, said we had 11 corners yesterday as well. But it was every ball was the first man. And I don't think they knew who was taking the corners because I knew he was taking some as an outswinger. Then Bellegarde was taking it as an inswinger. Um, it was just, there was no, I just didn't get it. Without that, it seemed, yeah, it yeah. seemed, yeah. Mm, it was just, just weird. There were just so many. It was one of the constants throughout the game. And I always, I always used to say it when Matinho got the ball, I used to go, beat the first man, and he never did. And um, I started saying it again yesterday. It was, it was never happening. But, um, yeah, that was, I think they'll sort it, but it's just weird to see it again. The whole game, it was just horrendous taking a corner. Hey, look, and it's good to have things that, uh, you know, basic things that we can look yeah. at doing better. And I'm sure uh, Gary O'Neill and the coaching staff will be uh, certainly looking at... Uh, looking at that for the next game because without yeah. Neto and as someone said Dull does Dull I mean he, he took the free kick to set us in and it was it wasn't a cross but it was his pinpoint pass. Yeah. Um, we do need to have other options that we can do. So hopefully they'll look at that. Um your highlight or moment of the day could be eating a eating a burger or a pie at half time, whatever. But I, you know I'm sure that you've got something that stands out, mate. Yeah so the highlight of the day for me was the um it was my dad's mate. My dad's mate and my best mate's dad, same person. Um, it was his 60th, well, it's his 60th today. And um, we uh, met up in town before the game, um, had a few drinks and then, well, we had another one. And then um, met up after the game and then he didn't know that he was having a surprise party. So uh, we we got back to his house. He stayed up town for another three hours with his lads. I think with his one lad was, my mate was absolutely smashed. And when he got back and dropped him off home, um, so it was, yeah, it was me, family, friends, uh, 60th birthday surprise party at his house after the game last night at half five. That was my highlight of the day. Um, match rating for me, I'm probably gonna go seven and a half. I know we got the win, I just thought first half, I thought we were playing to them rather than us going out and doing what we needed to do because you had Porro and um, Emerson Royale, they were basically playing centre midfield first half, um, and we were being dragged in by that both our wingers were coming in and following them it's just like they were coming around the spaces were through um but then second half i think we played to our strength and started using the width a bit more paul bellegard and uh and huang off porro and um emerson royale and they followed them soon as then started going wide you never saw emerson royale in the middle it was always basuma and then lamina targeted him constantly that second half and then basuma getting booked um so that's why we were seven. And then my man of the match, I was teeing it up all game. There'd be a tackle thrown in and a ball won back by Gomez. Then Lamina would do the same. Then Gomez. Then Lamina. I kept trying to be brother. I said, I can't, I can't pick here. This is tally, you, yeah, as well. yeah. I was literally putting put my fingers. Who's it, it, done what here? Um, but he'll have to go to Mario. He, uh, the way he just composed himself. It wasn't the cleanest of shots, but he just... Ran through the first day, I thought he'd scuffed, he was going to scuff yeah. it wide, and then it went yeah. in. But it was, uh, it was just that roar as well. When 
oh. on the video that you that have sent to someone just and on the walls and then match of the day. I have to put that. You hear that first? Go on, but everybody you hear everybody say it. it's not like a pocket or a noise. You hear everybody. And then when that went in, I just turned to my brother after I'd smacked him four or five times on his ribs. He's not not got <laughs> bruises this morning. I do not know. Um, I said man of the match. So I have Mario for man of match for me. Fantastic. Jack, over to you. Yeah, just on the corners, I wonder whether it was a, a tactical thing because when I watched Tottenham uh, Monday night, wasn't it, against Chelsea, every time Chelsea put a corner in the box, the goalkeeper just came and went, bang, I'll have that. So I wonder whether we were trying to keep it away from the six-yard box to try and get some contact on it, but we just weren't quite getting it right and it wasn't quite beating that first man. I think with corners and set pieces, I think interesting, yeah. I think a lot of times now, I think teams have a dedicated set piece coach, don't they? So you can have four or five or six different routines. You can have one that goes near post, one that goes far post, one that comes in low, one that goes to the edge of the box and comes back in. So I just wonder whether we're missing a trick there and we can just get a little bit more clever with some of our set pieces because we've got some very good attackers of the ball. Dawson's great at attacking the ball. Totti is good as well. Lamina can do it. So if we could just get that delivery a little bit more varied and just catch teams out, I think, again, it's something where we're scoring a lot more goals as it is, but that's something, again, where we could perhaps just increase even further. Because like someone just said, 11 corners. If you have 11 corners in the game, you should be getting three or four of them to get a shot on target or a header on target. So we're a bit wasteful on that. Um, performance rating, I'm going to go with Josh, seven and a half. I thought first half, again, like Josh said, we were kind of a little bit, Timid a little bit, or Tottenham are good, and they are good. They're a good team, you know. I don't buy all this that injured players because they just bring other internationals in instead, don't they? So it was always going to be a, a tough, tough ask. I'm but surprised half, with these seven and a half. You know, we won the game. I mean, come on, yeah. seven and a half. We did, we did, but it was it was a it was a tight game. I think you know, had, had, it, had it stayed a draw, I don't think we could have been too. What have we got to do, Jack, to get a 10 out of you or even a 9? Have they got a like? Do you relate to Craig Webber Hallwood? You know that, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They always got to leave room for improvement, haven't you? You know. And, and you're so, man of the match. Yeah. Uh, man of the match, Lamina. I think that's three weeks in a row giving it to him. So, um, yeah, no, he was unbelievable. And just to find that extra uh, burst of energy at the end there to run through, that that that's guts, that's desire, that's heart, that is. And that's exactly what we need from our team. And he showed it in absolute buckets yesterday. Anything, is there anything else that we've missed off with you, Jack? Um, oh, highlight, mm. highlight of the day. Just just, just that noise when that, that, that winning goal went in. Like I said, I think that's... That's Molyneux, isn't it? You know, we're all slightly biased, I know, but I think there's something very unique and special about our ground when when we're on it. And I always worry a bit with the with the twelve thirty kickoffs because let's let's be brutal, people haven't had time to get enough fuel, if you know what I mean, <laughs> in them. So so uh, it's always a little bit, isn't it, when you have a lunchtime kickoff? But I thought it was it was by the end there, it was it was phenomenal. So yeah. And we talked about noise. like the Molyneux atmosphere last year and stuff like that. And I know they were thinking like the fans, but like a lot of what I've iced and that you can try and manufacture things, but there is nothing better than a crowd that believes in the team and the team feeds off the thing. And that raises the, you know, the, the, the performance on the pitch affects the performance off the pitch and the performance off the pitch affects it. And it's a catalyst. 
And when you've got a team that 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 and a fan base that aren't fighting against each other and are starting to come together again, you know, I mean, thank you very much, Pep Guardiola, to helping with that for bringing Nunes on for that. That certainly started that cascade, and. I mean, Molyneux, that the roar and the noise and the togetherness and the joy coming out the ground and the the, the beams on everyone's face and that feel good factor. We've 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 ached for it for so 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 long, and it's early doors and we can't get carried away because we need the consistency. But we're starting to see the green shoots that of something, the building blocks of something start that wall starting to be built back up again. Paul, over to you. Obviously, your your thoughts on the corner situation and then all the other bits and pieces. Yeah, I'll be as quick as I can. Um, my thoughts on the corner situation are they've got two weeks now where it's the international break. Yes, some players are away, but it's a perfect opportunity to get some proper work done on it, some planned routines, some variety, some creativity. So no excuses by the time Fulham comes round. 100%. Um, yeah, moment of the day. Completely agree with what Jack said, but just to be different, I'll go for the technical brilliance of Sarabia's goal. Um, what an outstanding bit of skill that was. Um, performance rating, I'd give it an eight overall. Um, watching the highlights back on, on match of the day really confirmed that for me this morning. Um, we did create quite a lot in the end and we did limit them to, to pretty much nothing. I think Saar made one fingertip save, didn't he, from outside yeah, the yeah, box yeah. from the Celso. Yeah. Near the end, um, and a good, really good response as well to that defeat last week. Man, the match um, is. I was going to tie it between Joao Gomez and Lamina. Uh, Joao Gomez, the work he got through was phenomenal. He really brings an energy and intensity, and um, you know, technical ability to our play. But it's got got to be Mario for the way that he sealed it with that winning goal. So eight and Lamina. Well said, Lucy. Over Hi. to you. Hi. Hi. Um, moment of the day. I was going for a big Boston breakfast at seven o'clock in the morning, walking from home, half an hour walk in the freezing cold and going to have a big Boston breakfast. It was lovely. Well, Lane Cafe in Wentzfield, you can't beat it. Proper nice. Pub. Um, and then straight up the town on the bus, eight o'clock in the moon. So, hang on a minute. Who had enough drink? We had enough drink <laughs> before the game. <laughs> um, so that was my highlight. Um, I think I'm going to give it a nine. A nine? Yeah, go yeah. on, explain. Just for the way it made everybody feel, I think the boys, there wasn't one player that I thought would get him off. That They all put the work in. Um, I was a bit disappointed in Wang and his losing the ball all the time. Every time he had the ball, it was slipping. It was like butter on a knife. It was just slipping straight off. Um, I've got to say, I've got to big up Samado in the first half. It was a very dull first half for us. Um, it felt like we were watching them play rather than actually, you know, playing as teams against each other. Um Samado was brilliant. He's he's he was just great. He getting in the right positions all the time. Um, but overall, I think I'm going to give it to Lamina. 
he, he was just class absolutely class he looked absolutely knackered by the end but overall he just did not stop the lad did not stop he won that free kick leading to that beautiful goal at the end and just the noise levels were amazing absolutely amazing molly he was rocking absolutely well said lucy uh jason the 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 last part of this part of the show falls to you before we get on to the uh the quiz um <laughs> which is going to be fun we've got five i've got a five shootout tonight for the title jason um thoughts on the corners plus the uh, man of the match performance rating and your highlight of the day thoughts on the corners we did have a bit of a spell didn't we, under bruno large where we just couldn't beat the first man and Matinho obviously was was the player that that, that that seemed to be struggling then we was trying all these short corner routines and for me a corner, well, for everyone, is just a direct cross in the box. How many times do we get excited when a player runs down the wing and whips the ball in? A corner is, you know, a, a really good opportunity to do that. So it's so important. So hopefully that we'll work on that uh, during the break. Moment of the match for me was that unbelievable skill from Sarabia. These, you know, we, as Gary O'Neill said in the dressing room after the after the game, you know. It, it, the, the, the skill we've got in that dressing room is incredible. You look at Ain't Nori in the first half, some of the moves he was doing, and just, you know, the 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 the, the, the team now is awash with these skillful players. Um, and you think, I think Gary O'Neill likes that. Gary O'Neill does like a flair play. You can see that, hence the reason he's giving Ain't Nori uh, an extended run in the team. You know, that, that, that so the moment for me was that touch by Sarabia. I just thought it was just an unbelievable touch. And these, these, these moments of skill don't come around very often. Something as special as that. Um, performance rating, I'm going for a nine. We've got to be realistic. We just beat top of the league at Molyneux. They're not top of the league now, but we just beat the team that's top of the league at Molyneux. 2-1. And I think we was good for the win. Would we have took a draw? Yeah, of course we would have done, but I think we was good for the win. Um, yeah. I think we deserved it. And then, you know, the way Molyneux erupted on the second, well, on the first, was just incredible. And it just put a real, real good feeling. Um, around, around the stadium. And the man of the match for me, Mario Lamina, I just thought he was just untouchable yesterday. He did so much. He found that uh, energy at the end, as Jack said, covered every blade of grass. He's such, you know, when we signed him, I don't think he really jumped off the page for a lot of people that, that you know, stood out as a player that we was all excited about. But what a player he's been. And like I said, you know, we was worried about losing Neves and Initially, Matinho and Matinho not so much, but we was worried about this midfield breaking up, and we we've just got two unbelievable midfielders, and we actually, I hate to say it, but over the last, if we look at the football over the last two years, we look better with Lamina and Gomez than we do with Neves and Matinho, and I'll stick my neck out and say that. I don't. I think that's a fair shout, mate. I think it's like I think it's a fair shout. The thing with uh, with Neves, we were so reliant on Neves and getting the ball to Neves, which is one player. Yeah. Whereas now I feel like, and it's not his fault, but I just feel like we're playing more as a unit, cohesive yeah. unit. Starting I, I to think as well, as well with Neves, we, we, we was almost building around him, and every yeah. manager that come in was building around Ruben Neves. And you know, so much so large that he dropped him into defence. So oh, I think that was the day he got sacked after that. Well, absolutely. But I just think it's so important that we haven't got players now that we're building around, you know, and these guys have come in and they've just been unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I did say, you know, are we really missing Nevers if the truth be known? 
you know, great player, unbelievable, fantastic memories. But you know what? Lamina is doing an unbelievable job. He absolutely is. And guys, if you want me to uh, just put that last minute winner on again uh, in the in the comments, um, in the uh, in the chat there, just put a wolf head or a thumbs up. And if I get over 10 of you doing that, I'll, uh, I don't know where this thumbs up comes from when I do that on the screen. That's crazy. That keeps doing that. <laughs> Um, I'll put it on just before I get on to that. And then before we get on to the quiz, which is going to be a five star shootout, another Christmas idea here from my friends at FOCO is this Molyneux uh, build it yourself 3D construction stadium. Now, this looks juicy and really, really nice. Another great Christmas gift to get. The link's in the description below. And you can get yourself a nice little discount off that. And uh, you don't just get the option on that because they've got lots of other products as well slippers there's the uh, the stadium that i told you you've got all the um, it's got all the uh, the different stands on there for you as well uh, and then you've got there's the the ball which i showed you earlier and then you've got other things as well you've even got like uh, Christmas crackers. Can you imagine being a Wolves fan and you've got that, you're opening those in your Christmas dinner table, Christmas crackers, Christmas baubles and everything as well. So yeah, make sure you check that out. Links in the description below. If you use always Wolves 15, you get yourself a nice discount. Right. Um, right. We've got quite a few people that want to see the goal again. So guys, get yourself ready because after this, it's a five, it's a five shootout. We're going to put the goal on again. Here we go. Let's just rewind it to the Absolutely fantastic. I could watch that over and over. Dave, and I'm not even watching the goal now. I'm just watching them two Spurs fans. Yeah. <laughs> it's that dad and his lad, isn't it? They're definitely Spurs. Perfect, it is it? kind of, it really is. The, I mean, you know, <laughs> if you're going to sit in the away end, um, then you can, feel the, you can you feel the well, pain. You might as well have wore a cocker outfit. <laughs> It's happening I mean, a lot now. The last few games, there's been a fair few away fans in the in the home end. There's been I never personally sell my ticket to yeah. someone. I couldn't do it. There's, I mean, been, there's like, been a few. There's been a few on Twitter saying and, that they've, they've spotted a load the last box since the start yeah. of the season. And all the Koreans yesterday that I've never seen so many. Obviously, yeah. it's because it was Swang and Sun, but there was there was so many, yeah. which is which is good to see. But there was just so so many. Did you, it was did a you see what they did on their um what essentially their Sky Sports? They had like the up in the top left hand corner. Here we in the on Sky Sports over here. We have the club badges. They had yeah. the name. They had the name instead of the club badges. It was a photo of Huang and a photo of Son. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant, smart. brilliant. Yeah, no, I, I mean, Wolves were supposed to go to South Korea, obviously, pre-season. I think they had produced something like 500 to 1,000 um, Wang shirts to sell over there. 
so I, I know um, from talk from that they, I think they sold something like ninety uh, Wang shirts last season when they did the um, thing. So hopefully they sold quite. A, I mean, there's a load of Koreans in the uh, in the club shop buying everything and anything, but there were so yeah. many that were buying Wang shirts. So hopefully they'd have sold a fair few of those uh, shirts that they had printed for the uh, for the South Korea tour. Uh, but it's great to see, you know. I mean, it brings yeah, in the new fan base and stuff like that. You know, they were enjoying it. I mean, I met got. I was in the. I was in the. Um, went in the club shop after the after. I don't often go in the club shop, but I did. And then this guy from Texas stopped me. He said, "Dave, says I, I watch you all the time. Like you're in the club shop, and like he come over from Texas, and he was like, this is better than any fo- American football game or what. It was just amazing." And I just thought, great, you've come all that way. And then you've seen what what football is all about, you know. And he was absolutely, he was buying everything and anything in the club shop as well because he'd come all that way. But, like, we have a lot of international fans that come over. And I think it's great when they make the pilgrimage to Molyneux. Yep. Uh, and we've got to embrace it. You've still got to have the local fans. And the, the club have got to make sure they look after the legacy fans and they don't price them out and all of this. It's another a conversation for another day. But it's still great to grow the brand. Because uh, that does bring in revenues, right? Are you ready for the quiz? No. Right, Lucy. Being, oh. uh, I'm going to give you the option of going first, second, third, fourth, or fifth. First to get it out of the way, because I'm going to do crap anyway. <laughs> you're going to go first, Paul. I'll give you the chance now to go second, third, fourth, or fifth. I'll go second. And Josh. Um, you can go third, fourth, or fifth. Go on, I'll go third. I'll go in the middle. <laughs> and Jack, you can go fourth or fifth. Just I'll to go fifth. fifth. Oh, I'll go fifth. Jason, he's going fifth. So you're, go fifth. you're going yeah. fourth. So, Lucy, yeah. this is a penalty shootout, right? Everyone gets three penalties. Um, and if it's a tie, there's a shootout at the end. Uh, okay. So, you've got to... You 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 got to imagine that you're at Molyneux now, you know you 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 you're taking your penalty shootout to take Wolves to an FA Cup final or something like that. Yeah, Here we go. So your question is, Lucy, in which season were Wolves relegated for the first time? Was it 1905, 1916, 1925-1926 or 1930-31 season? Give us a chance. 1916-1926 or 1931? Poor Lucy. The 1916-1. There we go. That one. Oh, Lucy, you've hit the post. You've hit the post. It is. It actually is the 1905-1906 season. Lucy, call yourself a fan. <laughs> Paul, you're up next, aren't you, mate? <laughs> Paul throws himself on his knowledge. In which season, Paul, did Wolves win their first league title, the third division north? Was it the 1922 season, the 1923 season, the 1924 season, or the 1932 season? 1923. Oh, Paul, you've set the keeper the wrong way. He's gone in. Boom. 
So well third, that's Josh. Josh, in which season did the John Island stand near the Steve Ball stand open? Was it the 1978-79 season, the 79-80 season, the 80-81 season, or the 81-82 season? Ooh. I am going to go. What was the 81? 79-82, is it? So you got 78, 79, 79, 80, 80, 81, 19, 81, 82. Uh, okay, 79, 80. 79, 80. You want to lock that in? Yep. Top corner, mate. Beautiful penalty. Yeah. Literally <laughs> stroked it. Beautiful. So you're on one and one with Paul. Uh, that comes up next to uh, the Lord himself, Jason Guy. Jason. In which rather disastrous season was Tommy Docketer manager at Wolves? Was it 82, 83, 83, 84, 84, 85, or 85, 86? 84, 85. You're locking that in? I'm locking in 100%. You know what? He's Rabona, the the, uh, the keeper. He's literally chipped it in. He's that confident. Boom, it's in. So yeah, so this is this is good. Stepping up for penalties, one 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 for Jason, Josh, and Paul. Jack, can you keep with them? Your penalty. In which season was Steve Bull Wolves top scorer for the last time? Was it ninety four season? Uh, was it the ninety three ninety four season? The ninety four ninety five season? The ninety five ninety six season? Or the ninety six ninety seven season? If you need me to repeat it, let me know. Um, it won't make any difference. Um, <laughs> let's go. Uh, he had a lot of injuries towards the end, didn't he? Let's go 95-96. Not even a lot, the 95-96 season in. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. Paul, you're shaking your head. Do you know what it is? I think it was the last one under McGee. 96-97. I think we... Um... Was that the season he scored a hat-trick on the opening day at Grimsby? Well, I can tell you, Paul, you don't get a penalty for this or a goal, but you are correct. Uh, you know, Jack, you've just literally hit the top of the crossbar. Unlike go. the Sheffield United player last week that it hit the crossbar and went in, it's, uh, it's bounced on the line and bounced out. I'm sorry. So I after the first... Have the day about that? Pardon? Did a poster about Ollie Norwood's penalty? Oh seen? yeah! Oh yeah! Oh That's my God! I don't know. How sad is that? Um, so anyway, after round one, Lucy, you've missed your first one. It's a, it's top and tail because uh, Lucy and Jack have both missed, but Paul, Jason, and Josh have converted. So we're on to round two, the second round of penalties. So Lucy. In which season did Wolves fail to win a single away game in the league? Was it 2003-2004? Was it B, 2009-2010? C, 2010-2011? Or D, 2011-2012? So, 2003-04, Which one? A, B, C or D? You're going for 2009, 2010. Yeah. You locking that in? Yeah, just go for it. It's going to be wrong anyway. Go um, 
Jack and Josh, you're you're shaking your head on that before I give the answer. What do you think it is? Oh, three oh four. I think it's oh three oh four. Paul's nodding there. Paul, uh, Lucy, you bit the other post. You bit both no. posts. Yeah, because nine nine ten was that the championship winning season? Yeah, back up. It was is the year 2003, after? 2004 season, to be fair. So, okay. So, Paul, pressure back onto you. Steps up for your team. You're placing the ball on the, yeah, the spot. You're giving the keeper the eyes. In which season did Wolves draw a club record 21 games in the league? 2003, 2004, 2004, 2005, 2005, 2006 or 2006, 07? So it was, I, under Hoddle. it was under Hoddle, wasn't it? So I think 05, 06. Um, it was like when we had Darren Anderton, Olifignana, Ali Adier on loan from Arsenal. So I'm saying 05, 06, I think. Paul, you've sent the keeper the wrong way, but you put the ball past the post. Oh, 0405, isn't it? He's missed. Oh. He's, he's gone. He's, you've given the ice when you put it past the post. So you've missed one out of two. Josh, to take a big step forward. Okay. Wolves survived in the Premier League by a single point on the final day of which season? 2008 09, 2010, 2011, 2011, 12, A, B, C, or D? I'm A, 2008 09, B, 2009, 10, C, 2010, 11, and D, 2011, 12. Trying to remember the kit we wore. Ah, oh, could we play Blackburn on the last day and Blues were playing Spurs? Don't get a point for that or a goal for that, though. Yeah. Shout out in the chat, yeah, either as well. Because you're giving. What were, the, what were the answers? 08 09. 08 09, 09, 09, 09 10, 10, 11, 11, 12. The fact it was blues, I'm pretty sure blues come up with it that, that season. So I'm going to go 9-10. You're going 9-10? Yeah. Jack's shaking his head. Jack's shaking yeah. his 10-11. You know what, Josh? You've, you've gone up to strike the penalty. Your foot's given way and it hasn't even made the line. <laughs> <laughs> so you've missed... Yeah. So you've missed 10 11. Um, 11. so that puts it on to uh back on to Jason who can uh, try and get back into this. Walter Zenger started which season as manager of Wolves, Jason 2015 16, 16 17, 17 18, 18 19. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Seventeen, eighteen. Are you locking that in? Yeah. I'm afraid um, you've you've literally hit it. In, you've given the keeper the eyes, but he's not fell for it. He saved it. You saved it. Saved it. Saved it before. Sixteen, seventeen. 1617, yeah. Saved yeah. it. So Jack, Jack, a chance for you to get back in um into the into the game. So 
your second penalty. In which year, in which season, did Connor Cody start every single league and cup game for Wolves, 46 in total? 2017, 18, 18, 19, 19, 20 or 2021? 20, I think it would have been the year we first went up and we got to the FA Cup semi-final. So is that 18, 19? Are you locking that in? Uh, yeah, go on. Beautiful penalty, mate. You struck it really well. And that's it. So after round two, Lucy, you're nil out of two, but you've been unlucky with questions. <laughs> Paul, how many you got now? I'm on one. One out of two. Yeah. Josh, one out one. of two. Jack? One. And I'm on Jason. three. Jason, you're one out of two. <laughs> you're one, are you one out of I two. I only got you? one. Yeah, one out of so two. It's, so it's really close going into round three. So here we go. Round three. Okay. I know more. <laughs> Lucy, Wolves missed out on three First Division titles in a row in 1959-60 when they finished second. Who won the league title that year with one more point than Wolves? Was it Tottenham Hotspur, Burnley, Liverpool or Aston Villa? <laughs> Lucy's froze. Tough questions you've had, Lucy, to be fair. Burn. Burnley, Liverpool or Villa. Think back to 1959-60 season. Burnley. You're going Burnley? Yeah. Oh, come on, Lucy. Killed it. You've Brilliant. Literally, that's not being loose. Great shot. Well done. This <laughs> gives you a chance of time because... The pressure's oh, now falls onto uh, onto Paul. <laughs> okay, so Paul, you're up second. Dave Wagstaff made over 400 appearances for Wolves. From which club did they sign him in 1964? Manchester City, Blackburn Rovers, Blackpool, or Manchester United? Man City, Blackburn, Man United, or Blackpool? Yeah, it's definitely one of them. Yeah, can't say more, can I? <laughs> um, Man City, Blackburn, Blackpool, or Man United? I'll go City. Manchester City, locking it in. Mm. You sent the keeper the wrong way again, Paul. You've hit the inside of the post. It's hit the back of the keeper as he's bounced, and it's gone over the line. You've scored. Well done. Two out of three. I just like to milk that one a bit there. <laughs> <laughs> you got me going. Where are we going with this, Dave? <laughs> right, uh, Josh. We're on to you. You need to. You need to get this right to stay in uh, for the uh, for the playoff. Right. Which club did Wolves beat in the final to win the inaugural now defunct Texaco Cup in 1970-71 season? Was it Dundee Ards? Burnley or Heart of Midlovia? Um, who are the teams again? Dundee. Yeah. Odds. Burnley. Heart of Midlovia. What was the second one you said? Um, it's um, Odds. Odds. Oh. Um, 
Don't say it, Carl. Was D Hart? D was Hart of Midlothian, yeah. I'm gonna go with them. You're gonna go with them. You're lucky, you're confident. No. <laughs> well, uh, uh, there's a reason for that lacking in confidence, to be fair. You've uh, you've hit the ball. The keeper's got his hand to it. It's hit the inside of the post, but it's gone in. It's a goal. He's still in it. He's still in it. Jason. Yeah. Pride, mate. You need to you you, you pride yourself on the your Wolves history. So do pride. I? Yeah, you do. You're you know, you're inheriting Wolves historian later in life. You are at the moment. Thanks for embarrassing me now as I get this wrong. Right, you I'm sure you'll get it right. I think you probably you probably interviewed this guy. Anyway, Jeff Palmer. Zico. Palmer. Have you, have you interviewed him? Only a few times. There you go. Yeah. Jeff Palmer oh, spent most of his career at Wolves, except for a one-year break. When he went club. to Burnley. Thank you. Tara. I've scored. I've just... <laughs> It ain't wrong, it's Burnley. No, mate, it's no, you're right, it is Burnley. He's done another, he's done two Rabonas, done another Rabona. Yeah, so Jason, you're through. Well done. So, Paul, Josh, and the Lord himself, Jason, is through. Can the voice of reason, Jack, get through to the final? Round. Come on, Jack. Which club did Wolves sign Andy Much from in 1986? Was it A, Kettering Town, B, Wigan Athletic, C, Southport, or D, Telford United? I've got a funny feeling it's Southport, so I'm going to go with that. Would it be funny if you if you got it wrong, though? It would be, yeah. But well, you know, I'm sure he's from that neck of the woods. Are you going to go with Southport? You're I'll go, I'll go with Southport, yeah. Go on, why not? Okay. You've scored. It's in. Okay, so we go through. Lucy, you're referee with me now. That's Next fine. round, sudden death. If you, if you miss, you're out, okay? So, uh, that means, Paul, you're first up now, Okay. So, which club did Jeff Thomas join after leaving Wolves in 1997, mate? Was it Crew Alexander? Was it Crystal Palace? Was it Barnsley? Or was it Nottingham Forest? Ooh. I'll go with Forest. You're going with Nottingham Forest. You're locking that in? Yeah. Blasted it down the middle, right into the roof of the net. Keeper can't do nothing about it. It's in. Three out of four, Paul. You continue. Okay. Uh, Josh. There we go. Against which club did Steve Bull score his last Wolves goal in September 1988? Was it Berry, Bolton, Birmingham or Bristol City? I think it was Berry. You're locking it in? Yeah. I think. <laughs> what year was it? 97. I think that was my first game. Well, let's hope you're right. <laughs> He's hit it. And it's literally, literally side, side thingy. Oh, you slotted it in. This is high pressure stakes. 
you know, <laughs> you're stepping up. So, Jason, you ready? Pressure's on you. Here we go. Which club did Wolves play their first ever Premier League game against? Was it Blackburn Rovers, Charlton Athletic, Manchester United or Portsmouth? Blackburn, we lost 5-1. Matt Murray was in goal. It's his only Premier League <laughs> appearance ever. And the goal scorer for Wolves that day was the six foot seven inch uh, Austrian Stefan Meyerhofer. Blackburn Rovers. You think this keeper would get used to Raboni them at the moment, but he's done it no. again. He's keeping thinking he's not going to do it again, he has. But unfortunately, you don't get two, three or four penalties for all the detail, but you are correct. Let me know. Okay, um, Jack, on to you. Which club did Bruno Large manage after leaving Wolves in 2022? Benfica, Swansea, Butter, Butter, Botafogo or Porto? Uh, Botafogo, I think. Correct. Bloody hell. Four it's out of five. Okay, we're going to speed up now then. So, back to Paul. For which club did Joe Martinia make his first league appearances? Was it Sporting, Porto, Monica or Wolves? Sporting. 2022. Who, who, he made his first, who, who he made his debut? Which club did Joe Martinia make the... Sorry, which club did Joe Martinia make the... Sorry, which club did Bruno Large... Sorry, which club did Joe Martinia make the most league appearances? Was it Sporting, Porto, Monica or Wolves? Wolverhampton Wanderers. Correct, you're all through. Okay, so that's four or five. This is, I mean, this is like... like um... Going to run out of questions now. We're ready okay. to shake hands and call it a draw, Dave, if you've got to get up early for Aggie. Yeah, you've got an airport that's running, yeah. No, we'll I want a win, Dave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, Dave. I'm not going to give you an A, B, C or D this time. I'm just going to give you, you the question. You've got to give the, the answer. So, Paul, who am I? I once played a game for Wolves wearing a Superman that outfit. <laughs> what, that's it? That's the question. Who am I? I know. I know. I know. I've got no idea. I'm surprised you don't know this one. I reckon Jack, Josh, and, and Jason all know the answer to this. I think it's probably got to be someone crazy like John Burridge. That's what I Is saying. that your answer? Yeah. Because <laughs> Ellis pulled it out of the fire, and <laughs> I thought you were out. John Burridge. Right, 98 99 season. This is for Josh. I was the only one to play all 52 of Wolves League and Cup games. Who was it? 98, 99. Oh, God. Uh, 98, 99. I'm trying to think. I've got two names in my head, but I don't know if it's right. Either of them right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Keith Curl. Who was your other name? Dean Richards. They've both been wrong. It's Mike Stell. You've missed. Oh. You've missed. So that means you're out, uh, Jason. Uh, Jason, you're next. I was I was one of Wolves' longest-serving goalkeepers. My nickname was the Cat. Who was Williams. Correct. Oh, through five out of six. Five out of six for Paul. Jack, on to you. George Best stated in his autobiography that I was the player he most admired. Who was it? 
bastard knife. Um, oh, is it someone? Is it someone like Peter Broadbent? Are oh, you joking? <laughs> joking? That's a brilliant answer. You're right. Okay. Hey, you might have to move the flight. <laughs> right, Paul. I scored over 50 goals for Wolves after leaving the club in 2006 and went on to play for both Rangers and Celtic. Who am I? Kenny Miller. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> right, OK. Um, Jason, quoted as saying, I've had more clubs than Jack Nicholas and Wolves was one of them. Who was it? Oh, come on. Oh, um... Oh, um... That could be any um, guy reading him. Um, he's not in there. It was Tommy Doherty. Tommy, See, Tommy, yeah, Tommy yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Jack, you've got to get this right to take it to a playoff. Okay. I won the league. Sorry. I won the League Cup with Wolves in 73-74 and the FA Cup with Arsenal in 1977-1976-77. Who am I? Paul, if you want to ask an audience member, I've got one next to me saying... Uh... <laughs> I, 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 I genuinely don't know. I, I could probably guess a random name, but no, Go I don't on know. Then. Guess a random name. Uh... Won the FA Cup with Arsenal in 76-77. League Cup with yeah. Wolves in 73-74. Someone like George Berry, maybe? Do you know what? No. It's a good guess, but you're probably going to kick yourself. I think he scored late on in the FA Cup final. Alan Sunderland. Oh, okay. How did you Alan, get that? Alan Sunderland. Paul, congratulations. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. We've had a bit of fun. We've had some positivity. Guys in the chat, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great. Uh, please smash a like. Uh, don't forget to check out the uh, the offers in the link below. And I also want to just, again, say a big thank you to Creation Wolf uh, for powering the show, the local company. Check them out. Uh, if you're brand new, please subscribe. It will be out on podcast later on tonight because I've got Emma waiting to put it up and then we're going to get some shut-eye. Uh, from all of us, I hope you've enjoyed tonight. Let's keep the positivity flowing and we'll see some of you at Fulham after the international break, always Wolves. Well done, Wolves. 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 Bye. And check out Jason's yes. book as well. Yes. God bless you all. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? 
at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans